Hello everyone, welcome back. I've got a very special guest with me. He's a self-described ex-film student and quote film twat. <laughs> um, I have here my little brother, Kimon. Hello. He's waving. He can't <laughs> it's a podcast, but he's waving. I am um, waving. So uh, Kimon is studying product design in London. Mm-hmm. And loves watching movies um so we're going to talk about his top five and then some other kind of bits and bobs that can pick his brain at um so do you want to start us off and tell us your number five kimon um well i'd like to point out that um i i can't really rank them that well um okay i could probably rank three like my top three um and And then then, the other two are just like honorable mentions exactly um, okay. So, would you want me to start with a fun one, or uh, the other honorable mention? The fun one. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, um, I put Speed Racer on. Uh, it, it was by the Wachowski sisters. Um, it's a live-action anime adaptation of Speed Racer that is such a wonderfully we- weird film. Um it uses like a ton of CG and it has such weird transitions that are amazing Um, and it probably has one of the greatest finales (laughs) I have ever seen and on top of that um, the most over the top villain monologues oh definitely um my I was so interested to see when you had Speed Racer on this mm. because my history with it is when it first came out, me and my best friend Eden went to see it in the cinemas. We I don't know why we were going to see it, but we did. And we left thinking it was just like so cool, so hilarious, so weird. And for ages, we just said that Speed Racer was like our favorite movie. Mm. And then years passed and years passed and years passed. Probably like 10 years later, I thought, hey... I haven't seen this movie in a while. And then, because it was on your list, I watched it again. And it's just ridiculous. It's amazing. It's so good, though. Do you know what it reminded me of? Uh, What? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, yeah. But in just, like, a car racing way and if it were on ecstasy. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like any drug. It's so loud and so colorful and, like, so silly isn't like the brother's best friends with a monkey that's oh, just yeah. like not not mentioned at all. <laughs> no, yeah, no, and and is a core part of the film. Yeah, um, but I really liked it, and I think I think people tend to be a bit snobbish mm. with their favorite films. Um, for someone who calls themselves a, <laughs> a film a film pons, is that yeah, what you I, said? I said film pons, but AKA a film twat. I have yeah. I have really pretentious views on film, but I also, like, appreciate really silly ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Speed Racer encapsulates that, where um, you can tell so much, like, heart went into the film. Yeah, um, yeah. But you can also, like, I, I'd say by far the worst bit is the monkey and the brother. <laughs> but it is a kid's movie from, like, the early 2000s, right? Yeah, and I think I think what it did really well is... It used the CG in a really fun mm. way. And, like, obviously it was excessive. And I think of it similar to, like, how different artists used autotune back in, yeah. like, the mid-2000s. Where everyone's like, oh, but it's just all autotune. It's like, yeah, that's the point. It is, it's meant to sound it is the, ridiculous and crazy. It is the Kanye of films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. You can tell that they just loved making it and, like... It's just really fun, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's really fun. Um, I, I I showed my partner it, and um, I think there is a f- bit of nostalgia in both of us because we watched it when we were kids. Yeah. Um, but I still wholeheartedly say it is actually a good movie. <laughs> I wouldn't say great, but definitely it, like it, by no means is it bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, there's just so much about it. Like, there's kung fu fighting. 
Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's an assassination attempt uh, where the father spins the ninja around and throws him. <laughs> what, what more could you want from a kid's film, really? Yeah. But also the racing's just, like, really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It, it has elements of, like, the car scenes in Mad Max where it's, like, all these contraptions are attached to it mm. and things are blowing up and the race tracks is there's so many comparisons it's like rainbow road <laughs> in mario yeah. kart oh yeah yeah it is very rainbow road oh do you remember the like really really like sappy backstory of the brother of racer x yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know they, they have it to have emotional pull at some point yeah and i don't think the emotional pull can be done Oh yeah, there was a love plot, as well. Oh yeah, it's like she, she's this. I think I think we <laughs> we clearly haven't watched this movie like super recently because everything is just a bit vague. Yeah, no, but like the the two spots that like really stick out are the monologue, um, that I absolutely love. Like you can tell the actors knew that they were in this type of film, and then just yeah. went full force. Uh, just some self-awareness yeah and i the ending the ending grace scene the last like lap is actually just (laughs) amazing just edge of your seat stuff yeah at which you do not really expect from the rest of the film and like it just goes into full abstraction yeah oh i love that and your your next pick for the movie. Um, yeah, so this was a really tough This is Honorable film. Mention number two, right? Honorable Mention number two is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. Um, so it was a choice between um, the latest animated Spider-Man film into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was that and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. Um, I would like to point out, um, so Kim, my partner, forced me to see it. Um, I Fantastic Mr. Fox or no, Into the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse. I didn't know it was animated uh, until the day before <laughs> Where I have you it. been? <laughs> I, this, is, this is my main MO with films. I do not watch any trailer. If it is a film I think I like, and I will like, I don't know anything about it until I watch it. Yeah, but you can still know if it's live action or animated. I feel like I, that's the first step. <laughs> I knew there was a Spider-Man film and, like, this was before I caught up with the entire, like, Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. So I thought it was an actual shebang. Marvel film. And then I mm. saw some photos of it, and I thought that was a Spider-Man TV show. Mm. Mm. Um, but no, <laughs> it wasn't. And so the entire gimmick of, like, there's multiple universes caught me completely off guard. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasant surprise, oh, though. yeah, it was a great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I picked Fantastic Mr. Fox... Um, partially because I love Wes Anderson films. Um, and I feel Fantastic Mr. Fox strikes a really good balance between his more realistic stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like, his more down-to-earth films and then his more Wes Anderson films. Because, like, The Grand Budapest is the most Wes Anderson film there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his most recent stop-motion Isle of Dogs, I just didn't like that much. No, I didn't like it so much either. Yeah, I I feel it's because, like, Wes Anderson, his films are really, like, fun. It has a very colorful veneer. It's very stylized. But it's also a very cynical film. Fantastic Mr. Fox or his his movies in general. Yeah, all of his films are. And I feel like it's a really interesting story because it takes, like, a Roald Dahl book, and completely, like, makes it a different story about mm. a fox who, like, is tired of living in a hole. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably one of my favorite Wes Anderson films, and I think mm. when I was, like, leading up to this podcast, I was thinking about how I feel like Wes Anderson, obviously his work is so stylized, but I feel like he definitely is a bit... um like overhyped 
and people just like him for the sake of liking it instead of actually bringing a critical eye to every single movie that he does. Um, But what I think this one does so well is that kind of on the surface, it's a very simple plot. Yeah. But it's through like really, really, really great characterization. Mm. And that's like brought on through the stylized like bits of it that it just, it feels like it's this own world. And the voice acting behind it, I think, is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, it's just so good at world building that I think the other ones have, his other movies have, but there's this carefree aspect in the, like, the animation that I think the others lack. And I think that was what was missing from I Love Dogs is that it was trying to be a Wes Anderson movie (laughs) and it just wasn't hitting the mark. Well, I think it's also because it ha- it didn't have any real subtext from what I got. Mm. Like, Fantastic Mr. Fox is, I think, also a film of just acceptance of being imperfect. Yeah, Like, yeah. his son is imperfect, he has his own problems, but he feels outshone by his cousin. His cousin's in a really tough situation, and, like, in the end of the film, it's not, like, a perfectly happy ending. They still live in a hole. yeah. Uh, but accept that it is their circumstance and they make the best out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I think especially because the characters are so fleshed out, all of the beats of the film are so much more touching. Because, mm. like, um, I'd say the second best is Moonrise Kingdom, where it has the same, mm-hmm. like, sense of emotion, but not without the stop motion it doesn't have that extra bit yeah i feel like he has a lot more to play with with the stop motion it's also crazy because he did he didn't really do that much stop motion before and then he did a full film that was really well done (laughs) it's probably one of the like highest regarded animations of all time i think yeah definitely everyone i know loves it yeah because i mean you have Matilda. Um, you have Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's like the, the studio that did Wallace and Gromit, oh, yeah. which was uh, Ardman. Ardman Entertainment. Ardman Animation, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I think I definitely think that this one stands out compared to the rest. Mm. Ooh, now we are reaching the spicy three. <laughs> spicy top three yeah where these are genuinely my favorite movies okay um i i have a lot to say about one of them in particular is it la la land no do you want to start with that one though yeah um so i think i'm i'm in the minority here um i know quite a few people who didn't like um la la land as much as i did mm-hmm. also i would like to point out i didn't know it was a musical before i saw it <laughs> Well, because it's not a musical. I will stand by this to my grave. It is the most pathetic excuse for a musical. The musical numbers, there's probably one or two good songs. And they're like, you can like appreciate Hollywood and like have some sing songs and it not be a musical. Like, yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. It isn't a musical, Um, but it isn't not a musical. It's in this really weird no man's area where it has musical numbers it has musical bits but it really doesn't have yeah. enough to be a musical no and i feel like a musical is where the music drives the plot mm. and here it's just like ooh, wouldn't it be like quirky cool if we put some music in here like i feel like it would be so much better if just like for example if ryan gosling would just like sing in it from time to time like, I find that just so much nicer because it's about music and it's about, I think like... you're asking too much of Ryan Gosling. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Ryan Gosling can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and excel at it. Um, as long as it sorry. isn't showing very strong emotion. <laughs> yes, okay, sorry, continue, <laughs> continue. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I, it's probably my favorite love story movie it's so bittersweet um the musical numbers that it does have except the start 
are just so, so nice. Oh, it, I, I gush <laughs> over it. Um, the planetarium scene. I love that. Oh. Um, the, the end scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just no, hard. I get you. It's hard to describe because, like, uh, I think the, the biggest comparison film is Whiplash, the director's previous film. Yeah. Um, Whiplash, by many accounts, is a better film. Um, I agree. It is insanely tense. Um, I was so sweaty when I watched it. Yeah. I've seen it like five times, and every single time my hands are just soaking wet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like La La Land has just such... It's such an emotional film. And I feel like it has the perfect ending for it, where they, 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 spoiler alert, they break up, but then they realize after the fact that they both achieve their dreams without each other. Mm-hmm. And you see, is it Emma Stone? Stone. There we go. Stone. Emma Stone, look at Ryan Gosling. And then it's like an imagined scene of what would happen if they both achieve their dreams together. And I think they both come to the conclusion that there was a chance that they could have been happier together. But they're not. They each have their own lives. They each have their own stories mm. to continue. And that's how it ends. It, it doesn't end with them getting together. As you see, I'm a fucking depressed human being considering I do not like stories with completely happy endings. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think... I don't love La La Land as much as you do. I I definitely enjoyed it, and I think there's, like, really cool bits about it. But I feel like the ending saved it. Mm. Like, it... I don't really feel, like, the pulling towards their passions. I feel like it's, it's, like, almost there. And I don't know why it could be. Like, I'm definitely not a script writer in any way. Um... But I just, I feel like it's a bit, a bit like flatlining. It like sets, it kind of sets up the world well. Then it's just like, meh. And then it just like booms the ending. And you're like, okay, I kind of get everything now. Yeah. And it's uh, it, like the, the kind of difficulty between choosing like love and your passion. And like, how can these two um, differing worlds meet? But to me, it just like, it missed the mark. I, I really can't put into words why. I think it's because apart from, like, the core, like, love story, the film really doesn't do that well. Because, like, the the Emma Stone's friends are kind of just, like, dropped by the wayside. They're just there. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just there. There's so many extra bits that are tacked on that don't actually help. Like, mm. the... the I, I feel like, you know, when it talks about, like, the spring, summer, it's, like, montages. Oh, of yeah. That's really nice. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, but it's really nicely done. And then it goes into yeah. the planetarium scene. I'd say... Yeah, I... Apart from that. those bits, the film isn't fantastic. Yeah, then, but I'm just kind of, like, playing devil's advocate here, because I don't want to, like, oh, yeah. nitpick your favorite film. But I feel like each of those things should have a purpose. Oh, like, yeah. Instead of just being a really nice, like, winter, summer, spring, you know, like, why does that make a difference? Because, like, thinking about it now, like, the weather and the seasons and these different times, it doesn't have a point. I feel like, I mean, I, in terms of time, the, the main thing is at the end when they're like, oh, if you did it over, this is what would happen. Not in each of these times, look how their relationship changes. I think it's more so to just show that they are absolutely enamored with each other. Mm. I'm unconvinced. Yeah. But. I, 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 I know this is like, I, 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 I fully accept that like, I feel, I love this movie a lot more than I think most people do. Yeah. Well, you, like you're allowed to, and you're allowed to like it without, reasons and you're allowed to love movie bad movies as well not that it's a bad movie but just in general yeah. but yeah i'd say best ending of the bunch yeah yeah i'd agree i'd agree um and i also i would like to give credit to 
a love story that doesn't end the way you want it to and that's kind of a depressing love story. Yeah. I think I think it does that very well. Yeah. I feel like that's what makes it such a unique film where like you and both the characters want it to happen but everyone knows that it will it doesn't work like that. And it shouldn't. And it shouldn't. Because you don't feel like you're not upset that they they're not together. You're like Oh, I wish it's it worked, so but it didn't. Yeah, it's a bittersweet yeah. ending. Um, ooh, which one? Which, which one next? Yeah, which which long film should we go for next? I... You pick. Oh, I pick. Yeah. Are, are they not in a one or two order? Oh, they, they swap. They swap quite they often. They swap. Okay, let's talk about Stalker. Okay. Now, Stalker is a very slow film, just from the get-go. It takes its can time. You, can you explain uh, the, the plot of the movie, like, the, the place, the, okay. the situation? So it takes place in Russia, a meteorite lands in the forest that has some form of power. Um, the, the, the military locks it down. Uh, but it's said that there is a room inside um, where... And this is... Is it, like, 1960s? Um, Am I... Or is it earlier on that it's set? It is set... Yeah, I think it's 1960s. Um, it... The funny thing is, um, most people say it's like, oh, wow, it's like Chernobyl. It The film was made and came out before the Chernobyl disaster even happened. Yeah, yeah. Um... And so, um, there's these people called stalkers, which transport people to this room. And if you go to this room, apparently you can wish for anything you want, and that will be achieved. You will get that. You will get it. Um, and so it is a film of the main character, uh, the stalker, and two others who try and go to this room. Um, now, I know quite a lot about this film because I literally did like a, a um, comparative... Did you study it? Yeah, I, I did one of my pieces on it. <laughs> I think it. that's probably why you like it a lot. <laughs> um, so, no, I loved it when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the way the uh, my film course worked is every week we'd have a film uh, to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stalker was one of them. And um, it was only me and a friend of mine that actually went through with all of it. <laughs> <laughs> is it three and a half hours yeah it's long yeah it's it's a long boy um but the film personifies the environment amazingly mm. um you feel as if the world they are in is actually alive um and it has some beautiful scenes um the, the most like vivid one was the um well mm-hmm. where you just see a circle you don't know what it is and i th- like a rock falls in it and it splashes and it stays on that and it's it is it sounds boring when i'm saying it <laughs> but basically the film primes you from very early on to just like lower your tempo to such a level where every single slow action feels like it has meaning behind it. Mm. Like, there is the train ride from the start, where they go from the city um, to this area, and it starts off with just close-up shots of the people. You hear the train tracks, uh, the train running on the tracks, and then that slowly, slowly morphs into, like, an electronic music piece. Mm, I think that was kind of... I, I don't want to say, like, funnier, but one of the funniest bits of it, because obviously we're very conditioned to, like, standard filmmaking, where there's, like, quite a lot of cuts, and, you know, you have a shot of a train passing by to signify that characters go from A to B. But, like... You literally watch for like ten minutes. These characters just sitting on a train, yeah. and you're like, 
wait, what? And then he's just like, they're still on the train. And then, oh, they're still on the train. Mm. (laughs) It's just, and it does definitely pull you in. Um, But it definitely does feel long, you know? Yeah, it it is a very long-feeling film. Um, Yeah. I also like how it starts out sepia and then goes into color. Yeah, that was really nice as they kind of go through that Mm. passage. Yeah, I think the the way I watched it, I paid to rent it on Amazon Prime, but because I had I had stuff going on the evenings, I'd watch it like a bit late on, so I'd stop it and go to bed and watch it the next day. But because it was so long, my Prime like I the two days that I could <laughs> rent it ran out, and I was like, okay, sorry, as if I'm gonna spend another five quid renting this three and a half hour long movie in Russian, and. Then I like I spent ages and then managed to find a free version on like bfi.com. Like, so you can watch it for free, fellow listeners, oh. should you be keen. Um, but I was just annoyed at myself that I spent five pounds to not watch this movie. Nice. Um, but I think I enjoyed the ending. Mm. Um, and what I liked is how it f- it was like a mix between obviously it was sci-fi yeah but it, it felt sci-fi. very real mm. no and I was kind of the vibes it gave I was waiting for something to like pop out or like this alien but just it wasn't like that at all yeah. it was such a slow build up and it's all about like the possibility and like the chance and these people hoping that this thing is reality and they're so like fed up with their lives um and so because of that it has like a really heavy gravity to it mm. um i'd like i i managed to watch it in a theater um so how <laughs> uh, you know the art house theater in singapore uh, the protector yes. Yeah. yes so yeah. they had a showing um huh how many people went it was pretty packed Huh. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, for context, uh, the projector, um, it has plastic seats. Uh, no intermission. <laughs> it was so uncomfy. <laughs> <laughs> I took him. Uh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm sure she loved it. Oh, yeah. Um, the one thing I can say I didn't like that much uh, were the mm-hmm. uh, monologues. Um, because oftentimes the characters literally just look right at the camera and mm. uh, recite a poem. Um, it happens multiple times. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it is such a slow burn. It's such a unique film. It doesn't explain anything really. No. But no. it's such... A memorable world that I that left such a strong memory like yeah uh, there's not that much to say about it because um, I think that's what I felt when yeah. I watched it I was I understand when movies kind of impact you and leave a feeling but what I was like how can this be your favorite when like nothing happens <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I'd also, like, after the fact, when I was also doing research yeah, um, for it, um, it was shot on, like, actually a shoestring budget. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and... But hmm? what I found funny about it, and obviously production is extremely expensive, and you saying that makes a lot of sense, because I'm not sure if it's the version that you watch, but the one I watch, it sounded like everything was really badly dubbed on top. Yeah, and no, the audio was done after the fact. Yeah, so it it didn't, like, match up. There were cars moving and sounds that weren't cars at the time. And then um, it... Oh, yeah, the truck especially at the beginning when they is were, yeah, dubbed yeah, yeah. terribly. And then um, at the beginning, the dialogue, you can tell that it's not matched to their mouths mm. because it was just added in after, which is just kind of, like, it is fun to see, you know? It's like movies being made. Um, what did you compare it to for your essay? 
Um, I compared it to um, The Shining. Ah! Um, so I, I did it specifically ah. on how each um, like main location is personified in film. Yeah. Because the, huh. the look and how it shows the two different like societal ideologies of like America and the Soviet Union. Mm. Because like in the in uh, Stalker, it is mm-hmm. there is a fear of the other, of something you can't see that you can't you don't yeah. you can't really describe. I think like the the key the the most obvious point is the church, where you can see that you can like hear the wind, and from that it picks up like the sound of like a church choir, and you're like, but the church is empty. There is a there is an other power involved in the location, whilst in The Shining, um, it's all internal. Mm. It is like a. Um, degradation of um, Jack. Yeah. So I did... That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I watched The Shining because of it. That's good. Do you want to get on to the your last pick? Yeah. Is this the one that you have a lot to talk about? No, it was Stalker. Oh. It was just that it was a ridiculous pick for your favorite movie, but... Obviously, we love ridiculous picks here. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, th- that is the film that, like, I'd say I can safely say I'm a pretentious film nerd because of it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You, <laughs> a Russian, nineteen sixties, three and a half hour long sci-fi movie is not your bog standard. Yeah. Pick. Um. So yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. The sequel to the cult film. Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh, and I saw the final cut, so not the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, because did you know that the actual theatrical release um, had um, narration by Harrison Ford? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I did read that somewhere. Yeah. Um, the key moment in the original Blade Runner um, just had, like, the quiet part said out loud. Like... Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, the guy with the final, like, line, uh, like, Tears in the Rain. Oh, I, I, I watched it when yeah. I was at school, so... Okay, fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, like, the, the core idea of both films is, like, what makes a human human? Yeah. And so, in this world, there are people, uh, there are, um, manufactured humans called replicants, um that are made basically a slave labor. Um, mm-hmm. And um, in the original Blade Runner, they last for four years, and then they die. Um, and then in this one, they have a longer life. Um, and so it follows the story. It, it, it is a murder mystery. Um, but... Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't... I don't know where to start about the film. <laughs> There's so much I like about it. Um, I do have to, like, mention that it does have a very problematic core premise. Which is? Um, the fact that you have to be able to reproduce in order to be human. Mm. That is the biggest thing that I think is put on the film. Uh, but I will stand here on this podcast and say, if that's what you think, you're wrong. Because the film itself, like most of the characters think that way until they realize, no, that is not what makes people human. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has Ryan Gosling, who I think is my favorite actor, despite the fact that he has such a limited emotional spectrum of range. No, but he's also one of the most handsome men oh, in the world, so we so can hot. forgive him for he's that. Really <laughs> you know he has a band? Yeah. Have you seen his, yeah, have you listened to his album? No, I haven't. Um, Is it worth it? Will it's it? It's such a weird album. Um, basically, it's it involves a kids' choir, and it's like a Halloween track. Oh, it's such a weird. <laughs> That's not what I expected. <laughs> no, neither. Um, apparently, they didn't. Uh, the two people it was Ryan Gosling and someone else. Uh, they didn't know how to play any instrument, and so whilst they were making the album, they had to teach themselves. <laughs> 
Well, that's respectable. It's, it's odd to start a band when you can't, when you can't play any instruments, but yeah, to each their own. Um, but yeah, so Blade Runner twenty forty nine by David Villeneuve. Um, amazing cinematography. It is so beautiful. It is insane. I like almost every single shot. Mm. You could stop it and be like cool, this is going to be my new desktop wallpaper. Literally, from the first shot to the last, it's just yeah. beautiful. Um, this was one of the, the... Like, I went into it thinking that it would be long, and, like, I watched it after. I watched Stalker, and I was like, cool, another three-and-a-half-hour movie, let's go. But then it ended, and I was like, what? I want more. Yeah. <laughs> where, where did the time go? Um, it is a masterclass in CGI mm. um, it is I would say very close to perfectly done um, where this CG is it helps the plot it helps the film so much um, yeah it you can't tell where the real world ends and the CG begins which I love no and I think kind of like what you said about being a masterclass it like every single bit of like making a film like the cgi the props the acting the music the cinematography the colors all of it just blends together so seamlessly that nothing stands out as too much or too little and like when i finished watching it i was like oh you know that was a a fairly simple story that I feel like they've drawn out but then I didn't want to cut anything yeah. from it you know it feels like everything had purpose everything had a weight everything had a reason mm. yeah I mean um, I also did a film essay on this it was what was it, it on? was my extended essay it was on the color in Blade Runner oh cool mm -hmm. uh, what, what what did you find out um Oh god, let me remember. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I think I got a, a D on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we don't talk about yeah. it then. <laughs> um, but, oh, it's such a good film. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, because um, I'm waiting to be able to watch it, like, properly again. Yeah, I... The minute I finished it, I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to watch it again. Um... It's, it touches on so many themes as well. I mean, it's what makes us human. It's a critique on mm -hmm. modern society. Um, it has the coolest sex scene, I think I can safely say. <laughs> yeah, Joy is such an interesting character. Um, mm. And the relationship between Joy and Kay. Um character that Ryan Gosling plays is actually one of the best bits about the film I'd say mm. because mm. like the core theme is expressed throughout their relationship because Joy is literally a product that you buy that fulfills the whole of like having a partner yeah. Yeah. Um, who is manufactured to like love you and you at times you feel the relationship you feel the love between them but then yeah when joy is killed off it's like oh no that was intended to be that way it wasn't any real relationship k felt yeah. real emotions and then that's like shown in the shot where like there is joy fucking the size of a building naked mm -hmm. Do you want to explain that to people who haven't seen it? Because that probably doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> a, a, another, like, so one thing about the film is, like, it's a dystopian future. So there's flying cars. Um, there's, like, advertisements that are holograms. And so in the end of the film, when uh, Kay is disillusioned with the world, um, he's he comes across, like, a building-sized holograph of joy, an advertisement of joy who's like whose humanity like that you Siri <laughs> yeah Siri but a person yeah 
and whose humanity that you felt throughout is just stripped away. Like, Joy has no yeah. eyes. Um has no real emotion is just saying like I can please you however you want um yeah um I really need to rewatch that film um I would say I would really like if the film ended one scene earlier what was the last scene um I I think if it ended with, like the you know the shot of Ryan uh, of K and it going up, of yeah. him in the snow. I feel like it would have ended really well there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Oh, the Vegas scene, the fight scene. It has really good fight scenes as well, mm. which mm. is you wouldn't necessarily expect for what film it is. No, I think I think this film, probably going into it, I feel like people think there's a lot more barriers to watching it because mm. it is quite stylized and it is a sequel of, like, a cult 80s film. But I think at its core, I like, it is slow, so people who are, like, kind of not accustomed to watching those kind of movies might not get it. But I just feel like it could... It appeals to so many people. Mm. I would say, out of every single film, um, it is the best looking. It is yeah. the most beautiful. This is the kind of movie I want to like show to people and be like, look, isn't filmmaking amazing? Yeah. Don't you just love it? Where And you're right. Every single scene, I'm thinking of it, every single scene has a very clear and distinct purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we haven't really talked about the main plot of the film. Well, I think that says a lot. It's just, like, you don't need the plot to deliver um, the point of the movie, you know, and to express emotion throughout it. Yeah. Anything else to add on it? Um, oh, um, is it Decker? Yeah, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, you know when Decker's kidnapped... And brought to this room with the halo light on top and the water around it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the lady's name, but you know when she walks out? Yeah. You know that she's completely CG, her head. Oh. Yeah. Um, huh. So she's, she was in the original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, the actress passed away. Oh, and so they just so, computered yeah, her Yeah, the way they did it was um, the CG team basically made every single mannerism. They used all the B-roll from the original film mm-hmm. and made a basically a perfect CG head of the character. Mm. And to show David Villeneuve, they got the head and put it on the original film, showed it to him without explaining it, and because David Villeneuve literally couldn't tell on the original film, he was mm. like, why the hell are you showing me this? They're like, this is cool. our CG work <laughs> right here. Yeah. And so they just put it in there. That's good. I think using examples of like the Star Wars when you know they had Luke's face and Leia's and yeah. CG'd in, it just it doesn't work. And, and it just takes you out of it. And the Admiral. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, that's do you want to know a fun fact about the Admiral? Oh, go on. So, um, he he was in the original trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why they were able to do such like a good CG face of his is because they had a life cast of him. Ah. Um, because he was in, do you know Police Squad? The TV show. No. So it's a really funny um, TV show from the 70s called Police Squad. Where it's like an absurdist humor. Oh, is that the one that Leslie yeah. Nielsen's in? Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. Airplane yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's a spy movie by the same people. And they have a scene where it's like a bookkeeper that like has a massive magnifying glass looking at books. And he takes it off. But his eye is actually the same size as it looked like in the <laughs> magnifying glass. And because of that scene, 
they had a life cast of him. Because of that. Because of that. Yeah. Because of that. Wow. Filmmaking is so funny sometimes. Mm. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, uh, in the olden days, mm-hmm. when I when you first started ch- taking an interest in film, the only movies you wanted to watch were bad disaster movies. Yes. <laughs> Could you please elaborate on why that was I the mean, case, like, and what what the best one is? There is a there is a pleasure in like watching shit movies. And so, like, most people, you know about the room and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took a liking to, like, really terrible disaster films. Um, it's just because, like, it's such a trope. Um, there's the exact same scenes that happen multiple times throughout. And you're just yeah. discussing, like, you just have to look about why the hell did they do it like that. <laughs> um, I haven't watched any of them in years. Um, no, but there were, like, a few years where, like... You religiously watched them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the worst ones were, like, the competent ones, in my opinion. Which ones? I, I can't remember the name of them. I think there was one where there was, like, a massive flood. And that was just mm-hmm. really boring because it was just, like, a generic disaster film. And it wasn't actually that bad. Mm. And so it was just a very forgettable film. I, there was one where there was, like, it, it was a ripoff of, um, is it The End of the World? The one where, like... The world freezes over. Uh, the day the earth still. The, the, the day, day the earth, earth stood still. still. That's yeah. the one. So it's a rip off of that, where there's just a mm. cold front by the sea, and then it just freezes everyone. <laughs> and so you see scenes of like people driving away from like a fog of just ice. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, just doesn't make sense, does it? No. No. Um, yeah. Um, so from that. I then graduated to better shitty films, um, mm-hmm. to which the crown jewel of them is not The Room to me. Um, it is the Mario Bros. film. The Mario Bros. film. Did you know that they made a Mario Bros. film in the 1990s? I feel like I've heard it of it through the grapevine, but I don't think I've actually seen anything of um, it. it. And I, I probably don't want to. You do in a large group. It is a party movie. Okay. You just put it on. Um, it is such a weird fucking film. Like, honestly, it is bizarre. Um, because <laughs> it had it's way too high a budget for what it was. Because it isn't like a normal Mario... F- it's, it's not what you would expect a Mario film to be. It's really yeah. dark and gringy. Like, grungy. Let me pull up some images of it. Yeah, so... What's it called? Um, Mario Bros. Mario Bros. Okay. So... Um, Yoshi, like the characters. Oh God! Yeah, the char- the no. Goombas are like dinosaurs. <gasps> and you know what's the coolest thing? The set design is amazing. Really? Yeah, Mushroom Kingdom is such is like literally like Mad Max, the world. Oh my God, Yoshi is a literal dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh my God. It's amazing. Um. So, oh, can I... Sp- okay, okay, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, there's two things about it. Um, basically, the mushroom... Ki- Bowser comes up to, like, wreak havoc. Basically, um, there's, like, a magic goop that turns people into dinosaurs. It de... Um, mm-hmm. uh, it de-evolutions them into being Goombas. Of course. Um, but he causes 9-11 to happen? <laughs> Like, they attack the Twin Towers. (laughs) Yeah. No. And um, a character gets vaporized exactly how one would be Thanos snapped. And this is from the 1990s. Oh. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say, like, if you have a, a group of people buy the film and watch it, um... Because it has some, like, really well-done bits about it. Like, when I Mm -hmm. say the set design is amazing, they have these, like, massive sprawling sets, and they built, like, an actual functioning, like, dystopic world. Mm. Mm. Like, there's all the cars 
run by like um like how a tram would well like with electric wires yeah and so they just built the set when it was a fucking mario bros film they didn't need to <laughs> no but I'm, I'm really glad they did yeah. and i can't wait to experience it yeah I, I if i'm not mistaken and i think it's safely a given um it is such a flop financially yeah yeah but i think a live action remake of a game I think there's few and far between, let alone in the 1990s. So. Hey, there was, um, was it Doom? Had a film adaptation with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I don't know. I th- oh, is that the one with the really bad CG? Uh, no, that was like, <laughs> that was another film. I can't remember that one. Another one, another one. Yeah, so um, honestly, my recommendations to the uh, listeners is if you want a fun time watch Speed Racer, Fantastic Mr. Fox or Mario Bros. Cool. And if they want a less fun time? Um, watch the rest. La La Land, Blade Runner <laughs> and Stalker. Uh, but uh, honestly, if you are not if you want to watch a film that is I hate to say it, like entertaining don't watch Stalker. <laughs> no. No. But it's still enjoyable. If you want a film that will make you... If it doesn't even make you think... Eh, no, it does make you think. It, 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 it does... If you want a slow burn. If you want a slow burn and you're, you, you want to be like, yes, I feel changed after this, mm. um, watch Mario Bros. the film. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed sharing your movies, sharing Mm -hmm. your wealth of knowledge. And keep it up. Keep watching. Yeah. I I actually have a really big backlist that I need to watch. (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Kimon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care.